Ladies and gentlemen, recording from Los Angeles, California. Welcome to another edition of the one and only podcast known to the world as Sean's Sports Stop, where Sean Tiplitsky gives his unique opinion on the biggest news stories in sports. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the one and only Sean Sports Stop podcast, where your boy, Sean, your boy gives his opinion on the biggest news in sports, biggest news reported, all that, you know what the deal is, you know what the vibe is. Before I get started, I want to give a special shout out to Ariel, Jazzy, Olivia, Jenny, and Elliot. This episode is dedicated to you guys, so... Yeah, with that said, uh, we're going to get right into it, starting with some NBA basketball. Um, honestly, kind of surprised that this guy is still in the NBA, but he's given another chance with the Houston Rockets. Willie Cauley-Stein is going to get an opportunity with the Rockets next season. He's one of those NBA players that looks like a Chipotle bag with all them tats. Per the Athletic, the veteran center has agreed to a one-year deal with the Rockets and will compete for a roster spot during training camp, so I guess... He's not guaranteed a roster spot. He's going to compete for one. He split last season between the Dallas Mavericks and Philadelphia 76ers. He was waived by the Mavs in January after they signed Marquise Chris. The Sixers signed Cauley Stein to a 10-day contract on February 24th. The 28-year-old appeared in two games before being waived on March 3rd. In 20 games between the two teams, Cauley Stein averaged a whopping 1.7 points and two rebounds a game. Prior to entering the NBA, Cauley Stein had a successful three-year stint at the University of Kentucky. He was named to the All-SEC team and won SEC Defensive Player of the Year as a junior during the 2014-15 season. The Wildcats reached the Final Four in each of of Cauley Stein's final two seasons with the program. They lost to Connecticut in the 2004 national title game and Wisconsin in the 2015 Final Four. The Sacramento Kings made Cauley Stein the number six pick in the 2015 draft, not the best of picks by the Kings. He spent four seasons with the club before being signed by the Golden State Warriors in July 2019. The Mavs then acquired Cauley Stein from Golden State in January 2020 for a second-round pick. The Rockets, the team that Willie uh, will try to join, are still rebuilding with Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr. as the centerpieces. Cauley Stein will compete with Usman Garuba and Boban Marjanovic to be the primary backup five behind Alperun Sangoon. I think Willie Cauley Stein might fill that role nicely, but... We'll just have to wait and see. Now let's transition to some college basketball. Mookie Cook, what a name. Almost like Mookie Betts, but even better. A five-star men's basketball forward from the class of 2023 announced Friday that he will play collegially for Oregon after previously decommitting from the school. Um, As Jeff Barzello tweeted, quote, Top 10 senior Mookie Cook announces he's recommitted to Oregon. Cook initially or originally committed to the Ducks in late March and reopened his recruitment prior to the July evaluation period. Now he's back in the fold. Second five-star pledges for Dana Altman this month following KJ Evans. Cook is a seven is a 6'7", 200-pound prospect out of Compass Prep in Chandler, Arizona per 24-7 sports. He's the fourth-ranked prospect in the class of 2023 and the second-highest small forward. ESPN thinks highly of him too, as he's ranked eighth overall, second among small forwards on their list. Joe Tipton of On3 related a statement from Cook regarding his initial decision to decommit from Oregon, which says, quote, I would like to, I would first like to say thank you to Coach Altman and the entire basketball coaching staff at the University of Oregon for believing in me. 
I'm grateful for their support as well as the fans. However, after much consideration and talks with my family, I've decided to reopen my recruitment. During this time, I will weigh other options in addition to the University of Oregon. I look forward to the continued support as I embark on this journey. Cook is from Portland, Oregon and played for local Jefferson High School before transferring to Chandler Prep. The sky's the limit for Cook and Jamie Shaw of On3 provided a glowing scouting report saying that he has the positional size at 6'8", broad shoulders, he's a functional athlete, smooth release from his jump shot with range. So he's really an all-around kind of guy. Uh, he'll take that immense upside to Oregon after all as head coach Dana Altman lands another five-star recruit from the 2023 class, which includes five-star forward power forward Kwame Evans Jr. and four-star point guard Jackson Shellstadt. So Oregon will definitely be an exciting team to watch, and um, I'm excited to watch Mookie Cook. <laughs> Man, what a name. That's just crazy. Uh, let's switch gears to some baseball. Philadelphia Phillies star Bryce Harper has committed to play for Team USA in the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Harper joins Mike Trout, JT Romuto, Paul Goldschmidt, Trevor Story, and Nolan Arenado in committing to represent the United States on one of baseball's biggest stages. Team USA now needs a left fielder, shortstop, and a pitcher to complete a starting lineup. Teams are allowed to carry 28 players, with rosters being made up of 13 pitchers and 15 position players. The 2023 World Baseball Classic will begin with pool play on March 8th across four host cities, Taichung, Taiwan, uh, Tokyo, Phoenix, and Miami. It will end on March 21st at Lone Depot Park in Miami with the championship game. Team USA will begin playing Pool C alongside Canada, Mexico, and Colombia, and a to-be-determined team from qualifiers this fall. The Americans won the last WBC in 2017. This marks the first time Harper will represent the United States in a major professional tournament. He previously played for Team USA as a member of the 2008-16 U national team and 2009-18 U national team. Harper has emerged as one of the best outfielders in baseball since making his debut with the Washington Nationals in 2012, when he went on to be named Rookie of the Year and earn an All-Star Game selection. The 29-year-old spent seven seasons with the Nationals, earning six All-Star Game selections in addition to a Silver Slugger and MVP award in 2015 after hitting to a 330 batting average with 42 home runs and 99 RBIs in 153 games. He joined the Phillies in 2019, won his second Silver Slugger award and second MVP award in 2021, after hitting to a 309 average with 35 home runs and 84 RBIs in 141 games. This season has been disappointing for the Nevada native due to injuries. Um, he had been dealing with an elbow injury and serving as Philadelphia's designated hitter since April before suffering a broken thumb uh, on a hit by pitch. But I am very much looking forward to seeing Bryce Harper play for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. That's going to be a lot of fun. I honestly might need to go and and watch the world baseball classic i mean this this is an event that's like every four or five years uh, i remember the last one in 2017 one of the games was dodger stadium i watched it on tv it looked like a lot of fun i remember uh what was that guy's name uh, he was on the orioles jones something jones let me give me one second let's look this up real quick um Adam Jones, I remember Adam Jones made a diving catch to rob his teammate Manny Machado, but you know, one played for Dominican Republic, I believe, and Adam Jones was the center fielder for the US. So I'm really excited for the World Baseball Classic. I might need I might need to take a nice little trip to Miami and catch the finals at Lone Depot Park. That would be a lot of fun. And uh yeah, with that, let's let's transition to what do we got here what do we got uh i want to talk about potential trade requests 
the NFL season is about to start. And there's always drama to talk about. There have been a number of trades during the 2022 NFL offseason, and more could be coming in the months ahead. Cleveland Browns running back Kareem Hunt recently requested a trade because he's unhappy with his current contract, according to Cleveland.com. Other star players may soon follow soon, uh, follow suit. Like Hunt, some stars may not be happy with how extension negotiations are going. Others might prefer to go from a rebuilding team to a contender. Whatever the case, let's take a look at a few. The first one being Jesse Bates the third, safety for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals failed to reach a long-term extension with safety Jesse Bates before the mid-July deadline for franchise tag players. It's now unclear when or if the Bengals will get him back on the field. Josina Anderson of CBS Sports reported Bates had, quote, no intentions of reporting the training camp nor playing on the franchise tag. Since he still has yet to sign his $12.9 million franchise tag, he can't be fined for his ongoing training camp holdout. So that's that's a big deal. According to NFL Network, the Bengals remain confident Bates will be ready to play whenever he shows, and there are no indications as, as of now the team is willing to entertain trading Bates. The safety also stated his desire to remain with the Bengals in February, but there is no end in sight to this current standoff. Bates' options are limited at this juncture. He must either sign his tag and play it under it in this season, continue holding out into the season, or request a trade. If Bates chooses the last option, there should be a no, no shortage of suitors uh, interested in him. The 25-year-old has racked up over 400 tackles, um, 35 passes uh, deflected, and 10 interceptions. Next up, Lamar Jackson, quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are playing with fire as they still have yet to sign quarterback Lamar Jackson to a long-term extension. While it's a similar situation in Jesse Bates, the key difference is Lamar has won an MVP and he's proven that he can legitimately ball out at the NFL level. Jesse Bates, don't get me wrong, has been great, but it's a little different. Lamar is potentially in line to set records with his next deal. After Aaron Rodgers inked a three-year deal worth $150.8 million, Deshaun Watson received a fully guaranteed five-year $230 million deal, and Kyler Murray signed a five-year deal worth $230.5 million this offseason, Lamar Jackson might be in line to earn more than $50 million annually. Rodgers is the only quarterback with an average annual salary north of $50 million, but Murray at 46.1, Watson at 46, and Patrick Mahomes at $45 million are not far behind. The 25-year-old Jackson has already also won an MVP award, which Murray and Watson have not. The two-time Pro Bowler has gone 37-12 and 12 as a starter and reached the playoffs in three of his four seasons as a starter. He's racked up nearly 10,000 passing yards and 84 touchdowns against 31 interceptions while also adding 3,673 yards and 21 scores on the ground. Lamar Jackson is unbelievable. Uh, the Ravens should pay him. He is their franchise. So those are my thoughts on that. Another safety, this one is Derwin James from the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers safety Derwin James wants a contract extension, but he has not received one yet. He has thus began a hold-in. He's attending training camp, but only engaging in walkthroughs rather than full practices as a tactic to speed up a new deal. James has established himself as one of the top players at his position. The 26-year-old has amassed 257 tackles, 19 pass defenses, 5.5 sacks, 5 interceptions, and 3 forced fumbles in 36 games since entering the league as a first-round pick in 2018. While James has been injury-prone at times, he played only in five games in 2019 and missed the entire 2020 season. He returned to play 15 games last year. He earned his second Pro Bowl nod and a solid 78.1 grade from Pro Football Focus. 
during a recent appearance on the Pat McAfee show, Chargers GM Tom Telesco said he plans to get a deal done for James, but he admitted that it's taking longer than he had hoped. Um, so we'll see with where that goes. Next up, Robert Quinn, edge rusher from the Chicago Bears. Robert Quinn reemerged as one of the NFL's top edge rushers last season. After notching an impressive 18 and a half sacks, he is ready to contribute to a winning team in 2022. Unfortunately for Quinn, the Chicago Bears are far away from contending. They traded away fellow star pass rusher Khalil Mack earlier in the offseason. Um, while the offense prepares for year two of the Justin Fields era after losing his two best incumbent starting offensive linemen. So we'll see where that goes. And lastly, Dalton Schultz, tight end from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so yeah, next up, what do we got? Some NBA. We got plenty of NBA on this episode as we are in full offseason effect. Despite the way their time as teammates with the Brooklyn Nets ended, Kevin Durant and Philadelphia 76ers guard James Harden are reportedly back on good terms. During an appearance on NBA Today, ESPN's Ramona Shelburne suggested there are no hard feelings between KD and Harden, even though Harden essentially forced his way out of Brooklyn last season. Um, so Shelburne noted that Durant and Harden were recently backstage together at a Travis Scott concert in London, signaling that any potential issues have now been patched up. News of Durant and Harden being on the same page comes after SNY's Ian Begley reported this week that there are, quote, high-ranking members of the 76ers organization who have felt strongly about talking to the Nets about a trade involving Durant. Begley added that Durant views Philly as a, quote, welcome landing spot, meaning there could be some legs to the rumors. In June, Woj of ESPN reported that Durant's business manager, Rich, Cli Rich Kleiman, and KD had requested a trade out of Brooklyn, and the Nets agreed to work with him on finding a trade. Uh, at the time, Woj noted that the Phoenix Suns and Miami Heat were KD's two preferred trade destinations, with the Celtics being somewhere in the mix as well. But this is interesting. Perhaps we might have a KD and Harden um, reunition, re-whatever. Re, re I'm fucking faded, but we got some football to talk about. New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson's right knee injury has been diagnosed as a meniscus tear and bone bruise, according to the New York Post. That is pretty much the best case scenario for Wilson and the Jets. He's expected to miss two to four weeks after he unders after he undergoes arthroscopic surgery to address the meniscus tear. Uh, this is very good news for the Jets and Wilson as they were they were fearful that it might have been an ACL tear. Thankfully, it was not. Wilson came up limping after making an awkward cut on a scramble on first and 10. He was helped to the locker room and did not return for the remainder of the game. Prior to the injury, Wilson was three of five passing for 23 yards and one interception. The 23-year-old has had an up-and-down rookie season, completing 55.6% of his passes for 2,334 yards and nine touchdowns against 11 interceptions in 13 games. He also rushed for 185 yards and four scores, but I think he'll get better. I think he'll improve, and I'm excited to watch Zach Wilson play in the NFL. Um, I am not excited to watch Manchester United as a United fan. I mean, times are rough. I mean, that's a massive understatement. Manchester United continued to sink toward the abyss Saturday with a 4-0 loss to Brentford in West London. Josh Da Silva and Matthias Jensen scored for the Bees inside the first 18 minutes at the Brentford Community Stadium, and the home side scored twice more before halftime to carry a 4-0 lead into the break against Cristiano Ronaldo and company. No goals were scored in the second half, and United finished the match with only four shots on target. Um, Jack Pitbrook tweeted, quote, I think the worst I've ever seen a big club play in the Premier League recently was the Mourinho season Chelsea August through December 2015. 
but at least that was a collapse for having won the league. This isn't a collapse for a doom spiral. It's not fatigue. They've started a new era like this. The lopsided defeat comes after United opened the 2021-22 Premier League season with a 2-1 loss, or 22-23, with a 2-1 loss against Brighton and Albion at Old Trafford on Sunday. Uh, so this is just terrible for United, and Liverpool is on the horizon. So, I mean, it's just bad. I mean, losing, they haven't lost, United hasn't lost to Brentford since 1918, let alone losing 4-0. That's just wild. Uh, switching gears back to the NBA. The Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies are headed for a Christmas Day rematch following their contentious Western Conference semifinal series, according to NBA insider Mark Stein. Stein reported Saturday the teams are tentatively slotted into one of the biggest days during the NBA's regular season. The Warriors knocked the Grizzlies out in the semifinals en route to the first title of their dynastic run in 2014-15. The style clash between the two franchises lent a different feel to their head-to-head meetings, but it wasn't until the 2022 postseason that Golden State and Memphis could be plausibly deemed as rivals. Warriors head coach Steve Kerr asserted Grizzlies wing Dylan Brooks, quote, broke the code on a hard foul that resulted in a fractured elbow for Gary Payton II. Grizzlies head coach Taylor Jenkins then questioned Jordan Poole's culpability when John Morant suffered a bone bruise in his knee that knocked him out for the series. The Grizzlies only lost Game 4 by 3 points without Morant and won Game 5 by 39 points. With Jaw healthy, maybe they wind up knocking out the eventual NBA champions. Warriors star Draymond Green rejected, or excuse me, reflected after the series that Memphis's roster, quote, can be really special. Uh, the only thing I can do is give my respect to that team. They earned that. You know, there was a lot of talk in this series of fouls and this and that, and this should be reviewed and that should be reviewed. I think it's really, I think it really started to take away from what was a really great, great series with two amazing teams. That was a great, um, a great point from Draymond. I'm very excited to see this matchup that's going to be a lot of fun grizzlies and warriors i assume it'll be in golden state so i'll back the warriors to get the win and they're the defending champions i think the dubs got it but i love watching john morant and the grizzlies um now let's talk about some baseball uh fernando tatis jr i mean terrible news for the padres fans and i as i covered on the previous episode of sean sports stop busted for peds uh, and Padres manager Bob Melvin addressed Fernando Tatis Jr.'s 80-game suspension prior to Saturday's game against the Washington Nationals. Speaking to reporters, Melvin said Tatis, quote, feels remorseful about the situation when the two spoke on the phone. Um, in a statement released after his suspension was announced, Tatis said he, quote, inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm that contained the banned substance. Tatis initially appealed the positive test before withdrawing it to accept the suspension. The ban ensures he won't play at all in 2022. So that's the update. I mean, it's pretty much just that Bob Melvin, the Padres manager, says that Tatis feels remorseful. That's based on their phone conversation. I mean, whatever. Tatis is a dirty cheater. He did it. There's no reason to sugarcoat it and come up with these stupid-ass statements. He did it, and he's going to pay the consequences. He's going to be viewed and labeled a cheater for his entire career, um, and that's on him, regardless of what his intent was. Um there's a very famous saying that goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So regardless of like Tatis's possible excuse being, oh, I was just trying to recover faster from my injury. Doesn't fucking matter. You took an illegal substance knowingly or not. That's your responsibility. You're an athlete. You need a good team around you. So he's a dirty cheater as far as I'm concerned. Uh, switching gears back to the NBA. LeBron James will go down as one of the greatest players in NBA history and arguably the greatest player of all time. 
but will he be remembered as one of the Lakers' greats? Former NBA forward and 2016 NBA champion Richard Jefferson, who played with LeBron on the Cavaliers from 2015 um, through 17, doesn't think so. James said during an appearance on the Road Trip and Podcast, quote, sorry, Jefferson said, LeBron James has not done enough as a Laker to be on that list. LeBron been there now. This is his fourth season, right? They've been in there four seasons. Two years, they haven't made the postseason. One year, they lost in the first round. And one year, they won a championship. Right now, it's hard to determine for me if LeBron will be remembered as one of the LA greats. He led the franchise to an NBA title in 2020. And I think it will definitely be remembered as much as other championships, if not more, because of that being the bubble and the COVID year. Um, but he's entering just his fifth season in purple and gold in 2022-23. It's possible LeBron helps the franchise win another title before his tenure in LA comes to an end. But right now, the Lakers roster, if we're being honest, doesn't look much better than last year. And after all, basketball is a team sport. And the four-time NBA champion will need some help in his quest for a fifth title. If LeBron manages to be considered one of the Laker greats, he'll join a star-studded list that includes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, Jerry West, and Will Chamberlain, perhaps Shaquille O'Neal as well. Um, so, yeah, let's... I mean, as a Laker fan, I'm ecstatic that LeBron is here. I mean, I remember exactly what I was doing the day he came out. Uh, I forgot the exact date, but it was June something, 2018. Uh, the news that LeBron is going to sign with the Lakers. Um, like, we've we've only won one championship, but it, it's amazing. Who can say? I mean, mo most teams and fan bases can't say that they even won a championship recently or any time for that matter. Um, so whether or not he'll be one of the Laker greats, he brought a championship to LA in 2020. He's not done yet. And um, honestly, when he signed in 2018, I, I wouldn't have imagined that he would still be a Laker in 2023. So I'm very glad to have LeBron James on this team. Switching gears back to some football. Um, Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor is highly unlikely to see any action during the preseason. According to Nate Atkins of the Indianapolis Star, Colts head coach Frank Reich confirmed as much Saturday saying, quote, that's really what general manager Chris Ballard and I talked about. I can't see that changing for any reason. Taylor didn't play in the Colts' 27-24 loss to the Buffalo Bills in their preseason opener on Saturday. And given his importance to the offensive success in 2022, he almost certainly won't play the next two weeks against the Detroit Lions or Tampa Bay Buccaneers either. So that is that. Switching gears to more football. Uh, glad to have Joe Shiesty back. Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow is back at practice. NFL Network reported Burrow returned Sunday after missing approximately two to five weeks after he underwent surgery to remove his appendix. The only time, the only other time he missed with time with an injury over his three-year career came during the 2020 rookie season when he tore his ACL and MCL 10 games into the season. The 25-year-old has emerged as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL during the 2021 season, completing 70.4% of his passes for 4,611 yards and 34 touchdowns against only 14 interceptions. He also rushed for 118 yards and two scores as well. With Burrow under center, the Bengals defeated the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game and reached the Super Bowl um, very unlikely for the first time since 1988. However, they fell to the Los Angeles Rams 23-20 in that game, which exposed some weaknesses on the team's offensive line. So, um, Joe Burrow, I mean, what a player. Uh, football needs him, and I'm I'm really excited to watch Joe Burrow. 
Switching gears back to the NBA to close out this marvelous episode of the one and only Sean Sports Thought Podcast. The Philadelphia 76ers and the New York Knicks are in line to play at Madison Square Garden as part of the NBA's Christmas Day slate of games, according to NBA insider Mark Stein. That report comes after 76ers guard James Harden provided a hint Sunday about the possible matchup, tweeting, quote, Christmas in the Garden. Uh, Stein previously reported that the first draft of the Christmas Day schedule has the Lakers playing the Mavericks and the Grizzlies visiting the defending NBA champion Warriors and then the Phoenix Suns taking on back-to-back NBA MVP Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. That is going to be a lot of fun. Boston Globe reported that a Christmas Day matchup between the Milwaukee Bucks and Boston Celtics seemed likely as well. Uh, so as of now, it's Sixers at Knicks, Bucks at Celtics, Grizzlies at Warriors, Lakers at Mavericks, and Suns at Nuggets. That is a very exciting Christmas Day schedule. Ladies and gentlemen, this was episode number 397 of the Sean Sports Stop podcast. If you like the show, follow on Spotify, follow on iTunes, rate it five stars, do all that. Follow me on Instagram at Sean Hard, though. Follow at Lenny's Picks on Instagram for the best sports betting picks. And with all that said, I hope you guys all have a wonderful day, night, whatever it is. Appreciate you listening. And with that said, I'm out. Peace.